Hello, everybody. This episode today is for those that are neurodiverse or family members of those who are neurodiverse. And it's the focus is on anger and anger management. Now, for those of you that are listening to this and don't really know what I'm talking about outside of the anger management part, neurodiverse is referring to a, a lot of people, so a lot of diagnosis come under the umbrella of neurodiversity and um, such as Tourette's, um, there's the, main, the primary ones that get a lot of attention, a lot of diagnosis is ADHD and ASD or autism spectrum disorder and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Now, I'm not going to get into the language of the words because, or the, the diagnosis, that's a whole other topic. I myself have ADHD and ASD, but I don't see any deficits. I see an abundance of amazing tool set that I can learn to use. Now, the learning bit takes a long time and there's got to be flexibility, which I've discovered. One of the things that I noticed and found was that with my diagnosis I wasn't diagnosed until late in life and I remember talking to the specialist and we went through the whole gamut of all the signs and symptoms of being neurodiverse that I'd been experienced for a long time and because I'm a coach I, I couldn't and I've studied a little bit of um some psychology subjects as well, like cognitive behavior therapy and things like that. I wanted to know and understand why I was, you know, I had these moments of anger, like it was an intense anger. And I'm like, why am I so angry? And I remember one day rocking up to a friend's studio, we were doing dance and he goes, how are you? And I said, I'm really angry. And he goes, yeah, you look like a bit agitated at least, like, you know, I was hyped up. And he goes, what's going on? And I said, I'm really angry. And he said, okay, let's just welcome the anger. Now, when I get angry, I don't hit things, but I might yell, I might scream, I might want to hit something, but I don't. And if I was ever going to, like a few times I've gone and grabbed the pillow and whacked that on the bed because, you know, no harm can come to another person, including myself, to get that anger out. So I'd whack the pillow on the bed. I did that a couple of times. And uh, the worst case scenario was I needed a new pillow. Did I feel better? Hmm, for a moment. But my inquisitive mind... And, and, part of, and part of being neurodiverse is this mindset, is that I wanted to know why I was feeling angry. So on this one occasion, my friend said to me, just relax and be present with the anger. And he goes, let's just welcome anger in. He goes, I'm not even going to ask you to relax. Forget about that bit. Just let's welcome anger here in this moment. Welcome anger. And I kind of got the giggles a little bit because I'm like, what the are you saying? Anyway, after a few minutes and because I've always done a lot of breath work, you know, so slowing my breathing down and that deep 
deep work my way, not the mainstream way, doing it my way, and I do tapping, um, I started to feel the anger dissipate. So it started to resolve itself. And then we got into dance. So I didn't have time to think, which I would normally would. I'm like, why am I so angry? Because that's just something that I, I hear myself say a lot. One of the things in, neuro, in, in people that are neurodiverse is sometimes that anger is so intense that they will literally smash a TV, they will smash a window. Um, I have broken a door once in, in my anger. Um, there was grief rolled into that one as well. No excuse, I did do it. But for some parents with children, even adult children with um, ASD or ADHD, that anger is so intense all the time. They're, they're living in a house that's got constantly replastered walls and they're constantly replacing things and items such as TVs and glasses and the list goes on because that anger for that person is so intense. And one of the things that a lot of people find and and wrapped up in that can be, not always, and it's important to get the professional diagnosis, is ODD, Oppositional Defiance Disorder. Now, if ODD is present, what happens is that that anger um, will come out a lot more if a person is being told to do something that they don't want to do, so they will go and do the complete opposite. And obviously a lot of times that can be, and I've seen this with children, is don't run across the road, right? Just run across the road. So for the parents or the carers, it's, it's exhausting because it's constantly like I've got to think how I say this. And they get fatigued and when they get fatigued and even when they're not fatigued, they will still say it especially if they've got other children who are not neurotypical and not got a ODD they will tend to say it one way and for that one child or that one person it's a big it's a big deal so how do you handle the anger when it appears it depends on how it's showing up now behavioral psychologists are the best people to start to guide this behavior because they're the experts. I am not the expert. I am somebody that has worked with people, um, children with ODD um, and ADHD and ASD. I myself do not have ODD. However, I can be very stubborn. I can be very emotional. My thing is tears. Like That is my thing. But the anger is intense. Part of the problem is no one can tell you why they're angry. It's like it appears. It's like occasionally they will, like we will become upset. Can't always tell you why that's the case. So how do you handle it? How do you manage it? You seek professional help for starters and you make sure that you yourself, the person that's not ADHD that is not neurodiverse or that doesn't have the anger issue you yourself have a supportive network the type of words that are utilized with the person can make a big difference they may take things literally 
which you would know. They may be in a space like in their head and there's all of this like noise going on in their head and that could be what it's like stop it's it's just too much to stop and in the outside world there's quite like there's nothing else going on so it could just be that they're overthinking and because of the pace that our brain can process information it's kind of like now I have to make a decision and there's too much information I don't know what to do that can be part of it but to pick the piece of information that may shed light on why the person's feeling angry is also too big a thing to do so it's where possible allowing the person a few minutes as long as nothing's being broken obviously allowing the person a few minutes to just breathe or do something that is calming to them it could be putting their hands in nice warm water it could be pacing you know it could be rocking anything that is going to start to bring them that relief and you will know what that area is but it's getting them to that before the anger becomes so big that they're going to pick up the tv and throw it or throw something at the tv you know there is there's often I've seen a lot of throwing going on and trust me I've wanted to throw or hit something just to get the anger out the intensity of the anger is what is going on now when you go oh god here we go again there's judgment So do your best to let go of the judgment. Calm, no matter what they're doing, calm is important. Maybe don't speak. Maybe just be calm. And if you need to be having a song in your head that keeps you calm, your calmness may help. Now, none of these strategies are going to work all of the time, but it's getting to find what does work. A neurotypical person or inverted commas, a normal person will say, calm down. Okay, no, don't do that. But know your person that's going through this anger management. What I found is that a lot of support workers or even um, mainstream counsellors will come along into a scenario where someone is neurodiverse and they've got anger management and issues and they will come along and say, right, just keep them calm, just distract them, just ask them why they're angry. And I'm like, no, please don't. Please just be calm with them for a minute. Allow them to start processing. If they've got a, if they've got a rock, if they've got a pace, if they've got to be like, ah, I need to get away from this world, like they can't necessarily articulate the trigger or or why they're feeling this way but they are and that's all they can deal with at this time and until it starts to dissipate until it starts to dissolve it's only and if you're there asking them these million questions how can I help what can I do and it can be a challenge especially if you're a support worker you've got to sit there and like just do nothing You move the wrong way and you could be yelled at. 
But the key to remember is it's not personally directed at you, even though they might use your name. It's like, don't, you know, Mary, don't move. Mary, don't touch that. That could be the statement in your Mary. Well, Mary, it's not personal. It's just, just be. So meditation is a wonderful tool for that and mindfulness. Get to know your person and what they enjoy and what calms them down. And if it's needing to hit something, then maybe it's come on out, out to the, the punching bag. You know, but then some days the noise of the punch, you know, the, the glove hitting the punching bag could be too much because mindfulness of stimulation as well. So with anger management, seek the professional advice and input from the behavioural psychologist or a psychologist that understands and knows neurodiversity. Um, know your person and know how they respond to the different things that you may or may not do. I've often found just sitting and being calm for a few minutes can actually start to bring the person into a bit of a calmer space. Yes, it's still going to be like walking on eggshells for a little bit, depending on what the scenario is. But it's also a fine line because it's not about encouraging the behavior. It's about learning what the triggers are to that behavior. Now, over time, there will be strategies that if they're repeated in a calm way, in a positive, non-judgmental way that can make a difference. But every single person is different and unique. So know your person and know that some of these angers and lashing out and breaking things in the hyperactivity is like a whirlwind. It's like, what are they, that's that saying, a bull in a china shop is meant to mean that this bull comes into a china shop and it just breaks everything because it's so big and it doesn't belong. That's the analogy behind that. So it's like this person has just got this going on and they want to get this energy out. It's getting the energy that is intense out. They want whatever is annoying them to stop. So anything that will work to get this out is what they're looking for. So know your person, work with your specialists on behavior and the um, anger and have a lot of tools that your person responds to. So what works for me will not work for someone else. And that's one of the key things to remember. So I hope that's been a helpful start it is just a start because the thing is that yes a neurodiverse person depending on their level so the higher levels of autism are harder they, they are harder because their brain is even like their their brain and their development in their brain is different their neural pathways are very different to someone that is of the lower level. And there's often another lot of medical conditions that come in with that as well. So 
every person is different and every person is going to express themselves differently. This is why I keep saying know your person, work with the specialist and you yourself have a supportive network. People that understand, people that get it, people that can support you and time, time away from each other is also good because you've got to replenish your energy and they have to replenish theirs. And neurodiverse people, especially ADHD and ASD, always start with, you know, a three-quarter full fuel tank, so to speak. Their, Their energy levels are a lot less than someone else, than the inverted commas, normal person. And yes, we can show times of hyperfocus, hyperfixation, and um, increased energy like, like you wouldn't believe. But at the end of that, we might need two or three days rest. So, and when that comes on, we learn to make the the most of that scenario. We learn to dive in and do whatever it is. Just have a think about it as a person looking in. If you are the parent or the friend or the family member of somebody that is going through major anger management that's neurodiverse, maybe take a step back for a moment and think, what would I tell someone else that was going through this? Just have a think because you actually do have a lot of tools and strategies. You may just be feeling a bit frustrated and burnt out because nothing works all the time. And if you are the neurodiverse person listening to this and you have these anger management issues and concerns because you just lash out and, you know, people are angry with you because you yell and you scream and you don't want to be that way, then be a little kinder on yourself. And watch out for and go, okay, do your best to identify your triggers so that you know when somebody speaks that way, nope, I'm uncomfortable, I don't like it. So you can start to make that decision to to move away so you can teach yourself that. Now, it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of practice, so be kind to yourself. Be kind and be patient obviously words that don't always go together and and that's okay and I know that a lot of people in the neurodiverse world will listen to this and go well you know that's not an issue for me um or like what are they talking about you know because they may be more literal than what I am that's okay It's a processing thing. The amount of times I hear something and I go, what do they mean by that? It could be this or it could be that. So once again, if you are the family member or the friend of a neurodiverse person, be mindful of the words you use. And if the person is confused or they respond a way that you did not expect them to, it's because that's how they understood it. But in their brain, what's going on is a whole big conversation that might take you about 10 minutes to have can be like like lightning for them. It's super, super fast, super fast. We won't just hear, you know, when you go to the store, can you get milk? 
we heard that bit, but then we've gone milk. Oh, I love strawberry milkshakes. Strawberry milkshakes are the best. And then, oh, I know it's it's the McDonald's strawberry milkshake um, that I really love the most. And oh my gosh, I haven't been to Macca's for ages. I wonder if they've still got those cookies. Oh, I love those cookies. And by the time they've got to the supermarket or even before they've even got out the door, they're now in their mind, they're off to McDonald's because that's where can you get milk at the supermarket got them. And they'll get home and it's like, where's the milk? Oh, I forgot the milk. Now, when the trigger for the anger sets in and the frustration, not quite sure what it is, why am I feeling angry? I don't like this feeling. This feeling is horrible. I, I, I just got to get this out. I've just got to feel better. I don't feel calm. Like they're not kind of the words that they're using, but I'm just translating it for you. It's like this, I've got to get this out. I've got to get this out. I'm, I'm really like, ah, you know, I just, ah, I'm so like, yeah, oh man. And, and it's just like so intense. But they can't necessarily tell you, especially if a person is nonverbal, obviously, or their language development, their speech development is delayed. They can't tell you. I clearly have developed speech. And when I get this feeling, I can't tell you. So I think if there's a little bit of acceptance for the neurotypical person to know that the neurodiverse person isn't going to be able to tell you, you can put that to the side and focus on what has worked that has been calming for them. And non-judgment, so don't judge. Do not judge them. And let go of the judgment of others as well. It's exhausting work. I, I have raised a neurodiverse child and that had those anger outbursts and could scream for hours and it was exhausting and it was disruptive to the rest of the household and we had to work out how we could cater to everybody. And some days I would, I would be falling asleep at 7pm because I was been up all night managing this outburst that was going on and as other people call it this meltdown eventually after a long time we worked out probably about 20 different strategies that would work and we just have to keep trying each one until we found the one that was needed today in this moment so patience and know your person. That is the start. Then it's a step-by-step process. If you'd like to connect with me more, you can visit our website, Break Free Consultancy with, um, sorry, <laughs> that's breakfreeconsultancy.com. Um, you can book a session, a 15-minute chat to learn more about what we do. We have an abundance of programs. We have an abundance of books. We've got some neurodiverse books out now. And... We're super excited to be supporting more people to feel included in this world. I myself have not felt included in this world most of my life. Um, And that's taught me a lot. But I'm all about inclusion and letting go of the judgment. So be kind to each other as best as you can. 
and learn what your person requires, what works for your person. And as I said, we had over 20 different strategies um, and my fam- my friends have their strategies that they use with me. Um, you will get there. It's just every day is going to be different. 